Welcome to the Cybersecurity Cohort. If you're exploring the topic of cybersecurity with an interest in a role that enables safe cyber practices, join your host, Heather Holliday, as she shares her cybersecurity learning journey in every episode. Now here's your host, Heather Holliday. In today's episode, we'll get down to business and start with an overview of cybersecurity. I'll introduce some key terms you'll need to know as we cover various topics. I'll also provide resources that will help you on your learning journey. Any simple search of the top cybersecurity terms will yield a plethora of different lists. Frankly, it can be overwhelming to filter through all these lists to try to figure out what gets top billing. Also, the list of what's important will vary according to who you ask and their area of focus in cybersecurity. So, this is where searching meets researching. I'm always looking for reputable resources, not just a random find online. Since I know that the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, C-I-S-A, is definitely a reputable source, I like their National Initiative for Cyber Careers and Studies, NICCS, website, as a site to find a preferred list of terms. Just a side note about NICCS. According to CISA's website, CISA's National Initiative for Cybersecurity Careers and Studies website serves as a national resource for cybersecurity awareness, education, training, and career opportunities. You can find CISA at www.cisa.com. Gov. As you can imagine, the NICCS list is rather comprehensive. You're likely to find any term you'll hear in cyber discussions here. The other reason I like it so much is that unlike other lists, the focus here is on cyber career terms, so you'll find terms you'll need to know to build your career skills and prep for certification tests. Also, it's organized alphabetically with the ability to navigate based on the first letter of the word. The URL for the NICCS site is https colon backslash backslash NICCS.CISA.gov. Before I move on, I might add that the vocabulary page includes both terms and acronyms. Trust me, both are very helpful. Also, the main page for NICCS has an incredible number of resources that will be very valuable as you explore cybersecurity topics and work toward building your knowledge. No matter what list you choose, though, there are definitely lots of terms to learn. One term that is an absolute must for all beginners is the CIA triad. Sounds sleek, right? Like we're talking spycraft or something? But no. The CIA triad refers to the three critical elements you must consider for securing a network. The C is for confidentiality. The aim here is to keep access rights limited to only authorized users, so the data remains protected. What could go wrong here? Data breach. Criminals could get root access and get the keys to your online kingdom. 
at the root level, they can cause all manner of trouble from locking out rightful account holders to changing passwords and so much more. The I is for integrity. This means that your systems are sound and uncorrupted. Hackers often attack a network by using dirty tricks that aim at degrading or destroying the integrity of your system so that it's no longer deemed reliable. Imagine finding that the URL to your site has been compromised and is subject to being rerouted. Criminals could redirect potential customers to their own page and steal your business. The A is for availability. This is an important premise in the online world that is always on. No one wants their internet sites to go down or be inaccessible to customers who want to shop and purchase goods. Denial of service attacks are aimed at making your network unavailable. We'll learn a little more about that later in this episode. While we're focusing on key terminology, another set of important terms belongs to the social engineering category. Social engineering, in a nutshell, is a hacker's actions that intend to turn our humanity against us so that we act against our own best interests. Commonly, they manipulate our emotions, such as fear, greed, or even altruism, to encourage us to take action that is only for their benefit. Social engineering can take a number of forms, and some of the most common include phishing, smishing, vishing, and so forth. Phishing utilizes emails with enticements for recipients. The malicious email may indicate you've won a prize, leveraging greed, or that you need to respond to an issue or concern of a high-level executive at your firm, leveraging fear, or that you need to send money to a stranger or to a charity to provide aid in the midst of a crisis, leveraging altruism. The goal of phishing emails is often to prompt you to link, click a link or call a phone number. From there, they'll take a next step that is only meant to do you harm, such as delivering malware or asking you to provide personal data such as your credit card information or social security number. No email is safe from these troublesome fishers. Whether you're in your personal email inbox or your corporate account, you must stay ever vigilant to keep these bad actors at bay. Our next term, smishing, is quite similar to phishing as it uses many of the same ploys and has the same intended outcome. The difference here is that hackers send potential targets short message service messages or SMS messages, otherwise known as text messages, to your phone or messaging service. As with phishing emails, the best advice again is don't click that link. If you aren't certain who's sending the message, you're better off to block it and report it as potential spam. Thirdly, you should know the term vishing. Vishing is a social engineering option that uses voice capabilities to run their scams. Beware of phone calls and voicemails that aim to trick you into thinking they are a reputable company or even individual that you may know. A common vishing scam is a caller pretending to be an IRS agent 
who needs you to send an urgent wire transfer so you can keep yourself out of trouble. Here's the thing to know. The IRS gives very specific details on their sites about their practices in contacting taxpayers, and they provide valuable information on how to report a scam. Visit irs.gov and search vishing for more details. And it isn't just the IRS they'll impersonate either. These shameless criminals will impersonate anyone, including law enforcement. Remember, it's just another ploy to get your, you to turn your emotions against you. In future episodes, we'll talk more about protecting yourself against these types of attacks. Rest assured, there is a lot you can do to help yourself avoid social engineering. But as I've said before, these bad actors are tricky and they are very convincing. As we're covering our cybersecurity terminology, I really must ask, what hat are you wearing? When asking about cybersecurity and hacker types, you'll often hear references to the different color hats that represent the different types of hackers. One explanation that I really love is by Free Code Camp, where they compare different hacker types to well-known superheroes and villains. I love the detail they provided with the explanation and their approach makes it very memorable. For our purposes, in short form, here are a few quick definitions. Black hat refers to malicious hacker activity. These bad actors know what they are doing and they cause harm, break laws, and wreak havoc on purpose. White hat, in contrast, refers to ethical hackers. These are often cybersecurity professionals who are using their talents, skills, and abilities for the greater good. Their work often focuses on battling the malicious hackers. Gray hat, although somewhat less commonly referenced, is a term that indicates hackers who are not malicious, but not necessarily ethical either. They walk a fine line between just being self-serving and being outright criminal in their behavior. Red hat hackers could be otherwise known as the vigilantes for justice. They not only work towards protecting and securing, they often also actively engage in practices intended to unravel, disable, and destroy criminal hacker activities permanently. There are other hacker hat colors, such as green and blue, but these four have come up more often in conversations in my experience. So it's important to understand the references. For more details on hacker hat types, I recommend https colon backslash backslash www.freecodecamp.org backslash news backslash white hyphen hat hyphen black hyphen hat hyphen red hyphen hat hyphen hackers backslash whew. Now it's time to get a little techie. As we do, we'll talk a bit about different types of attacks. Don't worry, this is just a quick overview. We'll get into the details in future episodes. Plus, this is by no means a complete list. 
The bad news is that there are so many ways that hackers and other bad actors can play their dirty tricks, but I've listed a few of the big ones. DOS, or denial of service, is used to shut down a machine or network to prevent use. In this case, no one can access your services and you are at a standstill. Similarly, similarly a DDoS, or distributed denial of service, floods an internet server with traffic with the intent to slow down or fully deny access to a site. DNS spoofing, or domain name system spoofing, happens when altered DNS records are used to redirect traffic to another site. DNS cache poisoning is another alternative term you'll commonly hear used for DNS spoofing. Malware is a word derived from a mashup of the terms malicious and software. As it is software installed without consent, typically it is malicious and often intended to cause harm. Even as you are purchasing, hopefully, protective software for your devices, you'll also hear the terms virus and worm. So what's the difference between a virus versus a worm? A worm replicates itself in an effort to spread problems across a network. Like a real worm, it can wiggle its way around the network all on its own. A virus, however, typically does not replicate itself, but is passed across a network by ac actions taken by a user. Kind of like that guy you sat next to on the bus last week, that sneezed in your general direction instead of into his elbow and gave you the cold virus you wish you weren't dealing with right now? Have you ever heard the term USB baiting? You probably already know that a USB drive or universal serial bus is a drive that you can plug into a computer or other device to store and retrieve files. USB baiting is a type of social engineering where individuals are enticed or baited into using a free, found, or left behind USB device with files stored specifically just for them by their not-so-friendly neighborhood hacker. These devices often have malicious code or malware installed on them that is activated when the user plugs the USB device into their computer or clicks to open files found on the USB drive. Just remember, nothing good comes for free. Code injection happens when hackers are able to find a way to introduce their code into your device or network. Cross-site scripting is a type of code injection attack that happens when scripts are input or injected into an otherwise safe site. These scripts can deliver all kinds of problems to your device and or network. File inclusion, like cross-site scripting, is another type of web vulnerability. This occurs when hackers are able to input information into files or add files to the network. These actions can lead to all manner of problems, including the injection of malware, denial of service, and more. Have you ever heard developers talk about HTTP enumeration? What does the word enumeration mean anyway? 
That fancy word, enumeration, simply means that information is being collected. In this case, the info collected is about the HTTP, or even an HTTPS, site. Once the information is collected, it can be used to identify hosts and services and even open ports to the network. Since I want to avoid a detour on Networking 101, just know we'll talk more about hosts, services, and ports in future episodes. Credential cracking is not nearly as nice as cracking roasted chestnuts on a cold winter day. Credential cracking is the cracking or exposure of credentials that are intended to be confidential. This can include usernames, passwords, or other critical credentials. There are programs that are used to crack credentials, but this can also be done by brute force, which is when the attacker continues to attempt to crack credentials through trial and error. If you think that cybersecurity is only about online security and securing those ones and zeros, you are missing a critical component or two. In fact, physical security and cybersecurity are increasingly entwined as we use physical items to connect to digital systems like security gates and smart home devices. Stolen credentials, such as stolen ID, IDs, work badges, credit cards, and the like are example of tangible credentials that can be stolen and reused by unauthorized parties and digital platforms. Drafting is another physical security issue that's common in places where a physical gate and an online system often an online system access intersect. The gate is set into place in order to limit physical access to a space to only those who are authorized. People often think first of workplace badge systems, but it also includes systems such as subway access, where it's intended for only one person to pass through a gate at a time. However, the security is broken or ineffective if someone, perhaps even well-meaning and with good manners, holds the door for the person behind them, and voila, drafting. As you continue on your learning journey, bear in mind cybersecurity also includes physical security components that are just as important and often intersect with technical components. Speaking of technical, let's talk about hardware and software. There are a few things you'll need to know as a starting point. Again, this is just a short spattering and only the beginning of all the terms you'll learn along the way. Keep in mind, no one vocabulary list will have all the terms you'll need to learn in cybersecurity. I found several of these next terms aren't listed in the NICCS vocabulary list, for example. So make sure that you're referencing several sources as you learn. So let's get started with bits and bytes. You've probably heard that the digital world really just boils down to a series of ones and zeros. Those ones and zeros are the bits. They are the smallest unit of storage. Think of them as indicators of on or off, yes or no. 
Bytes are a small collection of typically eight bits. So what about a MAC address? If you've ever been on the call with a help desk, they probably asked you about your MAC address or media access control address. This set of 12 alphanumeric characters identifies your hardware or physical address. IP addresses, however, are the internet protocol address. This is a unique numerical identifier for each device or network that connects online. You'll come to know other associated terms such as public IP addresses, private IP addresses, IPv4, and IPv6 as you explore more about IP addresses. If you look up the term port online, you'll find a number of different meanings. In this context, no, we're not talking about enjoying a nice port wine from Portugal. What I mean in the cybersecurity computer networking context is very different. In this context, a port or port number is a number assigned to a uniquely identify a connection endpoint and to direct data to a specific service. All credit to Wikipedia on that definition. Another great source for learning the vocabulary of cybersecurity is from the National Institute of Standards and Technology, or NIST. According to their definition, TCP is one of the main protocols in TCP IP networks. Where the IP protocol deals only with packets, TCP enables two hosts to establish a connection and exchange streams of data. TCP guarantees delivery of data and also guarantees that packets will be delivered in the same order in which they were sent. If all of that doesn't quite make sense yet, don't worry, there's a lot of ground to cover in the world of computer networking. Encrypting and decrypting refers to the practice of adding and deciphering codes or keys that are used to secure your data. This is basically the process of changing plain text to ciphertext. There are many methods used to encrypt and decrypt. If you have internet service, you likely have some familiarity with a router. While a router is a physical device, it's critically important to your online experience. A router serves as a gateway and helps to relay and direct data packets. Switch, according to NIST, is, quote, a device that channels incoming data from any of multiple input ports to the specific output port that will take the data towards its intended destination. In other words, it switches data from an import port input port to a specific output port helping to move your data about, like the switches on a train rail. I can't hear the word modem without thinking about the original modems that used to dial over the phone lines when I was a kid. Oh, the sound of the internet. NIST defines a modem as, quote, a device used to convert serial digital data from transmitting terminal to a signal suitable for transmission over a telephone channel to reconvert the transmitted signal to a serial 
digital data for the receiving terminal. Easy, right? A load balancer is exactly what it sounds like. It balances the load of your network traffic, typically between two servers. Often, load balancers are used as part of a resiliency plan so that you have a backup in place if your servers go down for some reason, like Typhoon Mary or a full moon. If that ever happens, the load balancer can help redirect or redistribute traffic to a different, hopefully up, server or cluster of servers. Now, with cloud technology, it's actually pretty easy to spin up a load balancer and include it as part of your network architecture. If you're traveling, you need to know about virtual personal networks, or VPNs. We've all been enticed by free Wi-Fi networks, especially those that make it easy to log in and use when you're busy on the train, waiting for room service in your hotel room, or waiting for the, your flight at the airport. Did you know, though, those free Wi-Fi networks are often used to capture and steal your credentials? A VPN can be used instead to secure your network access and keep all of your data, well, personal. Firewalls are another great service that helps to prevent unfettered access to your network. One of the definitions of firewall from NST says a firewall is part of a computer system or network that is designed to block unauthorized access while permitting outward communication. You've probably heard the term and have a basic understanding of what a firewall does. How it does it? Well, that's a whole other ball of wax. There's no shortage to the terms you'll learn along the way. Here are a few that we didn't even cover yet, but I challenge you to do a little research and learn more about these terms on your own. Cloud, hint, hint, I'm talking AWS and Azure, not the clouds outside your window. Logs, Linux, Windows, Splunk, password managers. And don't forget your abbreviations. What cyber attack discussion is complete without a few of these sprinkled in? Do you know what MFA? OWASP or ISM stand for? Hopefully this episode gave you a good overview of some of the basics. There is a lot of ground to cover in cybersecurity and so much to learn, but really that's what I love most about the field. And this ep- I hope this episode has inspired you to check out a few resources I provided and to per- peruse a cyber dictionary or two. Thank you for joining this episode of the Cybersecurity Cohort. This is your host, Heather Holiday. Join us next time for another step in our journey of a thousand miles towards cybersecurity expertise. Thank you for listening to the Cybersecurity Cohort with Heather Holiday, an information services professional with more than 15 years experience in educational, publishing, and financial services industries. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and turn on alerts for new episodes. To learn more about Heather Holiday, subscribe to her free email newsletter, and to listen to episode archives, visit holidaycommunications.com.